You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Frank Marshlick. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, September 13th, 2022. Later in the program, we revisit a conversation with Ron Ead, the publisher of the Limestone Post magazine, about the importance of community journalism and how the Limestone Post and WFHB have collaborated over the years. More in today's feature report. Also coming up in the next half hour, WFHB correspondent Ruth Flegman will join WFHB staff Noel Herhusky, Snyder, and Cade Young live in the studio for our 2022 Fall Fun Drive. But first, your local headlines. Before we get to our local headlines, I'd like to take a moment and talk about what community radio means to me. Three days a week, I have the chance to read the daily local news to you and deliver important information about what's happening in my community. I volunteered for WFHB for over five years, and it's allowed me to use my voice in communication with you to deliver stories about policies at the Statehouse, environmental affairs that impact you directly, and introduce features and segments from our volunteer citizen journalists and cover protests and events that happen in and around South Central Indiana. We are so incredibly lucky to have programming that's entirely local in a community that desperately needs an independent voice when it comes to daily journalism. WFHB is that place that champions independent media and brings you news and public affairs that is nuanced fair and listener funded so please we ask twice a year to open up your wallets and to support this radio station that serves a vital need for our community we don't air commercials we are funded by our listeners but the closest thing you'll hear to a commercial is this simple request for donations we need to raise two hundred dollars during this program right here right now so please call us at 812-323-1200 or visit WFHB.org to make a donation online. If four callers donate $50 each, we can reach our goal that allows us to bring you the WFHB local news four nights a week. Again, that number is 812-323-1200. Thank you for your time and your consideration. On September 7th, the Bloomington Citizens Redistricting Advisory Commission finalized their proposal to send to the City Council. 
Commission Chair Alex Semchuk outlined what the commission had left to complete during the meeting. Okay, so we have before us the uh, drafted report and recommendation of our commission. Um, just as a brief summary, it includes a copy of the map we've recommended. It includes the agendas and um, minutes from all of the meetings that we've had. The meetings themselves are listed on the front. Commission member Kathleen Field asked that the commission add a paper with the formula they used to measure compactness in the final packet. Yeah, in the summary that we're providing to the council, um, it mentioned the specific formula for analyzing compactness. So I just ask that we also include the law review article that that came out of um, so that the commissioners have that as well. No one else had any additions or corrections. The commission unanimously voted to approve the final report with the amendment of adding the law article Commission Member Field recommended. Council and Administrator Attorney Stephen Lucas explained when the council will look at the proposal and thank the commission for their work. Yes, uh, the council may be discussing the schedule for this particular uh, ordinance that they'll be taking up based on your recommendation uh, at tonight's meeting. So after tonight, we may know when the council will be considering and discussing the recommendation that you all have, have now sent them. Uh, you all would be welcome and invited to attend those, those council meetings, um, which could be as early as next Wednesday, uh, the 14th. Um, as chair, I've asked uh, Alex to uh, attend and present the commission's uh, recommendation to the council. But uh, if any of you would like to attend, and uh, I'll leave it up to you all to, to decide who, uh, if anyone would like to speak uh, at the council meeting. Um, uh, I just wanted to extend that, that invitation. Uh, so after tonight's council meeting, once once I know more about the schedule, I'll pass that information along to you all. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you for, for all the work you put in these last uh, weeks and, and months now. Um, uh, I, I appreciate it, and uh, I know the council will, will appreciate this as well. So thank you. Lucas said he will inform the commission when they are scheduled to present their report to the council. At the Monroe County Commissioner's meeting on September 7th, the commissioners heard from Deputy Director of Emergency Management, Justin Baker, about how establishing disaster staging areas and updating the county's multi-hazard mitigation plan. Good morning. My name is Justin Baker. I'm with Emergency Management. Uh, the Emergency Management Department has established two mem uh, memorandums of agreements for disaster staging areas with two health care facilities within the county. The facilities are the Bloomington Legional Hospital, Rehabilitation Hospital, and the Bloomington Advanced Surgery Center. The agreement, both agreements have been accepted and signed by the facilities. Um, we are seeking the approval of these staging areas from the Board of Commissioners. Once approved, these disasters, these disaster staging areas will help provide assistance during the recovery stage of the disaster by being a designated location where the public can go when needed. Commissioner Lee Jones asked how the public can find out about the locations. Baker said they will post them on social media and let social media outlets know. The commissioners unanimously approved the memorandum of understanding for the disaster sites. Baker went into further detail about the multi-hazard mitigation plan. The emergency management office is also seeking approval to use Christopher Burks, which is an engineering company, consulting company in Indianapolis. And they also have a Columbus office too in Indiana. Uh, they will be 
if it's set that they will be out of contract for the multi-hazard mitigation plan, which is required by FEMA to receive any funding from after the disaster happens locally. Um, our current plan expires September of next year. So once we get this accepted, we will start working on it through our planning committees with the every jurisdiction in this county. We'll have a representative come to the office and we'll uh, start with the mitigation plan. Commission President Julie Thomas asked if the Emergency Management Department could organize a tabletop exercise where key personnel with emergency management roles walk through what to do in a simulated emergency situation. Uh, once once the plans are moving forward, is there an opportunity to do a tabletop exercise or anything like that with all of the agencies involved? Yeah, that's something I can okay. possibly plan ahead and get going. Okay, I think that would be really useful. I don't think we've done one in years, so yes. I think that would be really useful to do. Thank you so much for bringing this forward. Baker said they would work on planning one. The commissioners also approved this request. Next, senior planner Drew Myers presented a rezone ordinance with a recommendation of approval. The Young Trucking Construction Shop located on North Loche Road petitioned for their property to be rezoned from general industrial to high industrial. Myers outlined how the planning commission reached their decision. Um, here we are at the board of commissioners meeting. So it's been to the plan review committee as well as the plan commission. Plan review committee uh, met on May 12th to discuss this petition and voted five to zero to forward with a positive recommendation following the uh, recommendations and concerns being that the Petitioner limits some of the uses on the property that are currently permitted under the HI zone by way of written commitment. And there was discussion on some of those items to be, uh, or uses to be uh, limited. The plan commission on August 2nd voted six to one to forward with a positive recommendation with the following conditions. One, the petitioner record a written commitment limiting the uses in the heavy industrial zone district to exclude the following. That's central garbage slash rubbish removal, remote garbage slash rubbish removal, wastewater treatment facility, water treatment facility, agricultural sale barn, and bottled gas storage slash distribution. And then number two, the petitioner recorded a written commitment to preserve vegetation on the west side of the property. Now, in the plan commission meetings, um, there was a lot of discussion about a, another use uh, of concern, and that was rock crushing. Um, so uh, although the uh, this... Um, Condition of approval for from the plan commission does not state rock crushing. Um, the petitioner has went ahead and included in their written commitment the uh, limiting the use of rock crushing as well. And I will get to that later in this presentation. Myers said the petitioners would like to establish a trucking terminal which requires a high industrial zoning designation. Here's a bit of summary and background for the property. It is a zoning map amendment to rezone from general industrial to heavy industrial. Uh, the purposes of this rezone request is to establish the use of a trucking terminal. Uh, trucking terminal is not a permitted use in the IG zone. Only in the it is permitted in the HI zone, however. And the uh, determination of trucking terminal based on the description of the use by the petitioner was determined by planning staff under the use determination process. And the petitioner actually appealed that. Uh, determination, and that went to the Board of Zoning Appeals on February 2nd, 2022, 
where the Board of Zoning Appeals upheld the planning department's determination that the described use classifies as a trucking terminal. Chapter 802 defines trucking terminal as the following, a terminal facility used by highway type property carrying vehicles, which may include truck maintenance facilities. And it is subject to special condition 31 of chapter 802, which states site shall be screened with landscaping or an opaque fence or wall to a height of least six feet. Now, the next step for the petitioner, if the rezone were to be approved to the HI district, would be to file a commercial site plan. And a lot of the um, details surrounding um, preservation, uh, landscaping, parking, uh, grading, uh, paving, all those sorts of things would come up through the uh, commercial site plan process, which is a staff level review. Meyer summarized their discussion on the rezoning petition. Overall, uh, staff recommended uh, forwarding a positive recommendation to the Board of Commissioners based on the findings and facts and compatibility with the Monroe County Comprehensive Plan. Subject to the following condition, uh, the petitioner record a written commitment limiting some of the uses on the subject property that are normally permitted under the HI Zoning District, as recommended by the Monroe County Plan Review Committee. And as I stated before, the Plan Commission uh, added this condition of approval, specifically stating which uses that they wanted to uh, limit, as well as adding that additional uh, commitments regarding the preservation of that tree line on the western side of the property. The next county commissioner meeting on the 12th was canceled. The next one will be held on September 21st. Hello, you are listening to the Daily Local News. I'm Noel, the Assistant News Director here at WFHB. And I'm Ruth Flegman, a local news anchor at WFHB. It is currently our fall fund drive, and we need your help raising $200 during today's Daily Local News show. Your financial support helps keep the news department up and running, so wonderful humans like Ruth here can have a place to get experience and meet some new people. Ruth, you just started anchoring a few weeks ago, so you're currently looking at WFHB with fresh eyes. Can you tell our listeners what you like about the station so far? Um, well, I love the community feel of the place. Um, it feels like every volunteer is really important here. We all know each other's names and everyone says hi and talks to each other, whether they're at the top or whether they're just starting like me. Um, and I also love seeing all of the equipment and all of the records and the music archives that you guys have here. It makes me really excited about the music scene in Bloomington. Nice. You know, one thing when I first started, I noticed um, was we have all these mugs that are just everyone's every single one's different and some have Eeyore on them and some are just like cool shapes and stuff. Um, and I just feel like WFHB does have like that personality and character and every volunteer is able to leave their mark on the station, whether, you know, it's like a sticker on a door or a sticker like right there on the wall um, <laughs> or, you know, all these mugs. You can just tell that everyone is able to like leave their mark and that the station's just well loved. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, so next question. Uh, why should listeners make a donation to this program? Well, WFHB needs your local support to keep the WFHB local news on air. We need your help raising $200 during today's program. To make a donation, call 812-323-1200. Again, that's 812-323-1200 to make a donation over the phone. Or you can donate online at wfhb.org and make a safe and secure donation on our website. So please help us reach our $200 goal and 
just thank you for your support, for listening. And now back to the show. In today's feature report, we revisit an archived conversation with Ron Ede, the publisher of the Limestone Post magazine. WFHB News Director Cade Young asks Ede about the importance of community journalism and how the Limestone Post and WFHB have crossed paths over the years as two local, independent, nonprofit sources of news. We turn now to that archived interview. Hello, I'm Cade Young, News Director for WFHB Community Radio. I'm joined here by Ron Ede, publisher of the Limestone Post here in Bloomington. Welcome to WFHB, Ron. Thanks for having me, Cade. I wanted to talk with you about the importance of community journalism. So, Ron, would you explain why independent local media is so important? Well, first of all, um, local media is fundamental to a healthy democratic society because it informs people so they can make better decisions about the local issues that affect them. Um, Local media is even more important today because of the corporate media concentration. It's a trend that started decades ago, but it's only accelerated in the past few years where more and more media are controlled by fewer and fewer companies. One of the first casualties of those mergers is the diversity of local programming because for-profit companies are more loyal to their advertisers and to their shareholders than they are to the public interest, the content tends to focus less on what's happening locally. Um, That includes loss of local news coverage. Corporate media focuses less on local news because it isn't profitable. And that's a problem because it's been proven that when local issues aren't covered thoroughly and accurately, they can get worse. That means everything from underserving marginalized groups to not holding people in power accountable. More and more people are ignored, fewer voices are represented, and local issues go uncovered and unchecked. On the other hand, the purpose of independent local media, and especially a nonprofit like WFHB, is to serve the entire community rather than create profits for corporate shareholders. Um, For-profit corporations are governed by what's called shareholder primacy, meaning the decisions are made on based on how it'll affect the shareholders, not the community at large. When that happens, a lot of stories and a lot of people in the community get left out. All you have to do is look at WFHB's local news coverage and other programming to see how how many people in the community are represented. I'm talking about shows like Bring It On, Ola Bloomington, Kite Line, Eco Report. You just don't get that kind of diversity of programming anywhere else. You know, you you run the Limestone Post, and we've worked together before. So I was wondering if you would talk a little bit about how the Limestone Post has worked together with WFHB to provide local information to the community here in Bloomington. Uh, one way, one simple way, is that we share each other's content on social media. We don't see each other as competitors. We see a story that you guys have done, and we share it with our followers or our audience. We, we have a little bit of an overlap in audience, I'm sure. But by sharing content, fewer of those people will miss an article or a show that you guys put on or whatever. 
Um, and a more involved example is the story we did on the housing evictions crisis due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The article was written by Diane Walker, who interviewed several experts and officials who explained how devastating it would be for a lot of people when the moratorium on evictions ended. So Diane shared those audio interviews with WFHB for what became a series of shows. And then we announced those shows on social media and, and included a link in our story. And I think WFHB mentioned the Limestone Post article so that people could learn more about the crisis if they wanted to. We gave them resources to get more information. And that's the purpose of collaborating with WFHB and projects like this is, is to help inform more people. Absolutely. And yeah, I think that ended up being like a six-part series. And we really appreciated all your help and Diane's help on that uh, project. So I, I just wanted to say thank you very much, Ron. Oh, well, thank Diane. She put in all the, all the hard work, but but we really like working with WFHB. It's, it's, uh, it's a great group of people. And it's one of the things that makes Bloomington Bloomington. So we're just, we're just really proud to be part of it. Well, Ron Ede, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks again. Hi, this is News Director Cade Young at WFHB. We are back in the studio with Ruth Flegman, a new volunteer anchor with WFHB. Welcome back, Ruth. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So I wanted to ask you, what has been your favorite part of getting involved with community radio so far, only a few weeks into your stint as an anchor? Well, since I'm new to Bloomington, I love being able to learn about my new home um, and everything that's going on in the town that I live in. Um, I've loved meeting all the volunteers. Everyone has been so friendly and helpful. And it feels really cool to feel like I'm part of an independent and reliable news source, especially knowing who produces the news. Absolutely. We, we love to hear that from our volunteers. Um, and Ruth, I know you have family back in the UK listening right now, actually. So tell us about the new WFHB listeners across the pond. Well, I have my little sister, Rachel. Um, she's just started her art school in London, which is very exciting. Um, and I have my dad, who is living alone for the first time in like 18 years now. Um, listening, and I have my cat, Django, who is keeping him company. Absolutely. Now, when you talk with those family members that you just mentioned, what do they mention about your anchoring here at WFHB? Uh, well, I'm sure that they know more about Bloomington than they ever thought that they would. Um, but they really enjoy hearing me on air, especially as someone who doesn't have much experience, I think. They're really excited seeing how I've been taken in by this community. Um, and yeah, I think they're very proud. Absolutely. Well, that's that's amazing. Um, well, listen, WFHB needs your support during our fall fund drive. We need to raise $200 during this very program to support the airing of the WFHB local news. Please call us at 812-323-1200 or visit wfhb.org to make a safe and secure donation online. If we get 10 callers donating just $20, we can hit our goal to support independent media. So be one of those 10 callers by donating today at 812-323-1200. We have a phone catcher here who will take your donation over the phone. 
We want to hear from you. Support independent journalism today. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for supporting WFHB Community Radio. Hi, I'm Katrine Bruner, former correspondent for the WFHB Local News. I first started at WFHB in 2019. I began as an intern for the news department, gaining credit through my high school. After graduating, I continued to volunteer for two more years. Throughout my time at the station, I was able to report on environmental issues I was passionate about, but also gain experience in reporting and broadcasting issues I was unfamiliar with before. In 2020, the Society of Professional Journalists awarded me first place in student radio features reporting through WFHB. On my feature, Project Threatens Ecosystems in Hoosier National Forest. Winning an SPJ award allowed me to look back on where I started with WFHB and where I am now. I definitely could not have done any of it without the help of my fellow reporters, directors, and of course, all the volunteers at the station. Community radio means family to me. Once you start getting involved and not just volunteering, even listening regularly, you start to feel like you know these people. And it's because they're all doing it for the love of the job. You can feel the passion from the reporters, the DJs, everyone. And I believe that sets us apart from other radio stations. Whenever I try to pick a favorite feature that I've written, it's honestly impossible to do. Everything had its spark, and that's what made it all so wonderful. But I think the experiences I got out of writing news features will always live with me. From interviewing organization directors, environmentalists, and business owners, to going to protests and gallery exhibits. But WFHB needs your financial support in order to bring you the local news 30 minutes a day, four nights a week. You can make a donation today by logging on to WFHB.org and clicking the red donate button. You can also call 812-323-1200 to make a donation over the phone. Thank you for your time and thanks for supporting your local community radio station, WFHB. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Cade Young. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Frank Marshlack. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. 
The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Planetary Radio, a program that explores our solar system and beyond. Coming up next on WFHB Community Radio. Listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 